0: Hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 13 of Storytime for Weirdos. This episode is entitled, Land Use Hearing in the Fairy Queen's Court, Part 1. No vacation to Ireland is complete without a trip to one of the fairy hills. Or so I had read. What the guidebooks fail to mention is that you mustn't walk around the fairy hill three times at noon of the summer solstice. I did this and found myself in a lush green forest. Through the dense foliage I caught glimpses of a shimmering golden sky. I turned around, but the parking lot and the road were gone. A thick wall of old mossy trees hemmed me in. I turned back around. A path in front of me was the only route forward. I walked cautiously through the forest, the loamy smells mixed with lavender, my footsteps muffled by a silence that wasn't just an absence of noise, but something actively listening. It could have been an hour or a minute of walking before I heard the bird call. It was loud and trilling. I jumped my heart pounding and my skin prickling. Another bird call from a different direction. I waited and listened as bird calls came from different directions, one after the other. They overlapped, raising in volume, until suddenly the cacophony stopped. I stood breathing heavily for several long moments. Nothing happened, and I took a few tentative steps forward nabag no I jumped and yelped as a short brown creature emerged from the forest, menacing me with a spear. "'It's two more Tam agdul do jig chig and brown!' "'What?' I said. "'Lean me an the thing gibbered at me some more and gestured for me to follow. It turned and walked confidently down the path. I followed it, since I'd been walking in that direction anyway." I studied the thing as we walked. It was a small person, maybe three feet tall. It was covered in leaves and moss, pieces of bark formed a helmet and a breastplate. Its face was androgynous, its skin the color of burnished cedar, and it held a spear tipped with a sharpened stone point. Just as I was contemplating asking the creature where we were going, we arrived at the clearing in the wood. The path ended in lush, knee-high grass, which covered the ground of the clearing in a thick green carpet. Animal noises filled the air, and a menagerie of creatures were creeping, bounding, and flying into the clearing from all directions. Some of them recognizable as badgers, blue jays, roe deer, and so on. Others were combinations of different animals, or animals and people. A donkey with human hands and legs a dog with the head of a bird. Some of the animals shifted form as I watched from one animal to another or to some combination. In my head, I realized this was weird and terrifying, but I didn't feel threatened by any of the creatures. In fact, I felt a certain calm like a lazy summer day. Everything felt languid and endless. (inaudible) Karatug, let me mohara beg a woman called from across the clearing. "Bomran," babbled the small, moss-covered man. Kahme, secule! The woman, dressed in all white, moved gracefully across the clearing. The animals all turned and focused on her as she approached. She was tall and pale, with red hair and large, warm, green eyes. Welcome, she said to me in English. What brings one of the children of iron to my realm?" Came here by accident, I replied. I would like to return. She frowned in contemplation. Thinking that I'd angered her, I bowed awkwardly and said, Milady, she laughed at this. I like you, she said. Do me a boon and I'll return you from where you came. Will it all be the same, I asked. You won't turn me into a badger or salmon or something else? She laughed again. Mortals are always so mistrustful, she replied. Is it because you deal with lawyers? I heard they are fickle creatures. Well, that and software engineers, I replied. Never fear, she said amused. I am neither a lawyer nor an engineer of where, soft or hard. You do me a boon and I return you to the proper time and place in the state you are in. She was suddenly serious as she spoke the last. The animals had all quieted down while we talked, and the little brown man watched the exchange with intense interest. I agree, I replied. What service may I render you? I figured it would be something impossible, like counting all the grains of sand on a beach. I need help deciding what to do with this clearing, she said, gesturing at the green grass under the golden sky. You're in luck, I replied. I help people like you make decisions like that all the time. What are the options? She gave me a knowing smile. I could keep it as is, a place where I hold court, meet guests, and feast. But Lord Aspen has proposed turning it into a market, where all of the creatures of summer congregate to trade. What are the benefits of the marketplace over the meeting place, I asked. I do not know, and I fear it is impossible to know all that I need to, she replied. She gazed at me with an appraising eye. I advise that you make the decision based on the best knowledge you can get. You can never have all of the information, but you can get as much as possible if you hold a hearing. You speak in riddles, child of iron, she said, but I will try. She reached out her hands and placed them on my ears and then drew them away. The clearing went silent, and I realized something was very wrong. In her hands was a pulsing force that I could sense but not see. Oh no, I said, probably very loudly. Not hold my hearing, a hearing where you hear from every person who cares to speak on the matter. She mouthed the word oh and returned my hearing to me. I popped my ears as she asked, How does one hold a hearing? I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Storytime for Weirdos, a bi-weekly podcast with new episodes posted on the first and third Saturday of every month.